You are listening to a message from Foothills Church in Miraville, Tennessee. More information about Foothills Church can be found online at foothillschurch.com. Well, good morning. I hope you are excited to be here today. And if you've got your Bibles, let's go to John chapter 14. Uh, we start a brand new sermon series today. It's called The Place of Peace. And I think one of the longings of the human soul that every single one of us in here today longs for is to find peace of mind, to find peace with God, to find peace with uh, those in our life, uh, particularly our spouse, our family. We want peace in this room. And so uh, as, we, as we strive for that peace, that inner peace in our life, we, we find so many uh, roadblocks and there are so many things that rob us of our peace. For the ambitious person in the room who uh, longs to make a name for themselves and who, who wants to climb the next challenge and climb the next hill, you're constantly looking ahead and constantly fighting and striving for something that's next and new that you need in your life. And, and if that's your focus, then peace can be uh, something that you never attain. For the envious person in the room, they're bitter when people around them succeed. They get angry uh, when other people have more money or nicer things. Peace will uh, elude you if you allow it to rob you in that way. There are curious people, I would say overly curious people. They question God. They analyze every single aspect of why God did this or why didn't God do this. And in their analyzation, they're robbed of peace. There are those in the room who long for control, who long to fix things, and you're constantly looking for other things and other people to fix, and you long to be in control of situations, and if you are that kind of person who is longing to be in control and to fix things, your peace can be robbed from you as well, because there are certain situations in your life that you will not be able to fix. There will be seasons in your life that you are totally out of control in. This is what robbed me of my peace uh, starting um, almost two years ago. I wrestled with control. I wrestled with uh, the idea that, man, I want to fix, I want to help. And when I was placed in a situation where there was literally nothing that I could do to help the situation, I battled anxiety. I battled worry. I struggled perhaps with depression and and I don't tell you this today to feel sorry for me. I, I tell you this today because every single one of us will, will deal with this at one point or another in our life. And your soul will be restless if you don't understand and know how to, 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 to move into what we would call the place of peace. Uh, two years ago, I, uh, I was in this season. I was dealing with this. March 2018, uh, we learned that my mother had stage four cancer. And uh, rocking our world as a family, she really was the, the energy, the center, the glue. She was everything. And uh, when that happened, everybody clicked into go mode. I mean, you have a bunch of type A personalities in go mode to fix the situation. So there were doctors to be called, places to go, medicine and things to learn. How are we going to get uh, uh, her in a healthy state? But it wasn't to be. Just two short months after her diagnosis, she passed away, wrecking our family. Uh, not only that, but about seven months later, we learned that my oldest sister, Tracy, also had cancer. 
She had surgery, surgery went well. We sat in the hospital room, uh, she was laughing, things were on track, and, and then she had her first round of chemotherapy, and uh, doctors couldn't explain what happened. They don't know uh, how or what took place, but her body reacted negatively, and she began to decline rapidly. And from her diagnosis, uh, just three months later, we watched her pass away in the hospital as well at the young age of 52. My other sister going through a terrible divorce at the same time, it was a trying season to say the least. Uh, I say this to today so that you would know that I, I come from a place where I, I've dealt with this. I know what it feels like to be afraid. I know what it feels like to doubt God in, in, this, in a season like this. I know what it feels like to battle anxiety, to battle depression. Personally, my soul was just restless. My mind would not stop running. Uh, it was very difficult to sleep, and uh, even when I did sleep, I would wake up and immediately I would think about what needed to happen to help them. Um, when I would wake up from time to time, I would wake up and I could feel this pressure on my chest, physically a, a pressure. It was a weight, and I couldn't explain it, and I didn't know, you know what was happening. All I knew is that there was this heaviness in my life, and I was battling. I read somewhere along the way that dark times are the, bless, are the best place to learn about the grace of God. But like David in Psalm 88, I felt abandoned, and I felt like God was ignoring me. Um, and so I wanna start here today because I know there are probably some people in the room today who maybe don't wanna admit that they're struggling, who may not wanna admit that they've battled depression or they struggle with worry on some level. And, and so today we wanna start right here that you are not weird, you are not like some alien who you know, is alone in a struggle or in a battle when it comes to worry, when it comes to anxiety, and even when it comes to depression. You're not alone. For me, I was running to God during this time. I was, um, you know, I never lost my faith. I was, I was definitely hurting. I trusted him. I was confused. Uh, but in that moment, it felt like I heard nothing from God. Felt like he wasn't responding to me. And, 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 and through this, I felt like I was alone. Now, I have an amazing wife who was there 100% of the way, an incredible family. I have a great church. I had people all around me. But the crazy thing about how the inward workings of our mind can work during seasons like this is that even though you're surrounded by people that love you, you can still walk away and feel alone. And that's exactly what the enemy wants to do in your life. He wants you to think that you are alone, that nobody in the room understands you, that God is not here, God has abandoned you, and that what you are going through is so devastating and difficult that nobody could possibly ever have gone through what you're going through and everything as you know it has changed and everything is over for you. I mean, that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to beat us up in that way of thinking. Uh, but to kind of help us today, and really just to kind of help me so that I know I'm not crazy, by a show of hands, there's gotta be some people in the room that have kind of gone through seasons like this in their life. Could we just raise our hands? How many of you guys have struggled or been, okay, whew, good. I was starting to worry there for a minute. Um, but you too have been there. You too have experienced loss. You faced adultery. You faced or maybe gone through divorce. You've gone through a job loss. There's been financial challenges along the way. You've been depressed. Maybe a loved one has passed away and so you have experienced grief as I have. As we face these things, the world does not stop for us. The world keeps on moving. 
And it, it, it's, it's, it's for us, like it's, as it continues to move, for us, we have to make a decision whether or not if we want to hear God's voice. We, we have to decide, do we wanna hear from God's voice? Do we wanna seek God? Do we wanna fulfill our purpose? Do we wanna seek his peace? Because if the answer is no, then just continue to live however you are living and you'll continue to experience a lack of peace in your life. But my hope and my prayer is that we would move to the place of peace in this series and that this would help you move in that area. For me, I had to learn several things. I, I had to learn that I couldn't carry this burden. I, I had to learn that I, I wasn't in control, so stop acting like I'm in control. I had to learn that this burden that I was carrying was not fit for me to carry. Like, God never asked me to carry that burden. And carrying it wasn't doing me any good or anyone any good anyway. I had to get to the point in my life where I was casting that anxiety, casting that fear upon the Lord. It's difficult because it's easy to lose focus. It's easy to lose focus and to sit in, in sorrow. It's easy just to kind of live there. And I needed God to rescue me from me because I was allowing that train of thought. I was allowing that, that, that focus to be set apart from God. And, and, and he would, he would draw me out. He would, he would pull me out of that sorrow. Uh, it would be a card that one of you guys wrote to me or a friend and, and I would read that card and they would say they were praying for me and it would, it would pull, I could feel God just pulling me. It, would, it was a, a walk in the park where I would talk to God. It was alone when I was in prayer. It was alone when I was worshiping God and I was, I was singing out to him and just crying out to him as I read the Psalms. In those moments, I could, I could sense the presence and power of God pulling me towards him. And so as we think about this today, I pray this series helps those of you who are in this season or trying to fight through this season. And, and today specifically, I wanna get to the place to where we can start believing the right things. If, if we don't believe the right things, we're gonna feel the wrong way. And so we have to get to a point to where we're believing correctly, and so we look to God's word to know what we're to believe, but we don't just say or, or, or stop with a belief, we actually have to do the right things. And so we'll end today with how do we do the right things, because when in fact we do the right things, we will live the right way. And, and so we'll start in John chapter 14 here, beginning in verse one, and we'll go to verse six. If you don't have your Bibles, it'll be here on the screen. This is... This is, these are the words of Jesus. Here's what he says. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to, to be, I will come again and take, will take you, sorry, I need glasses. <clears throat> I've had so many scribbles in here. And take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Now hop over to verse 26. Jesus says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace 
I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Jesus starts here by explaining to us, this is when you experience peace. When you and I experience peace, there there will be some beliefs that are taking place first in our life. And the first thing I want us to think about today is peace comes when you and I believe that Jesus is peace, all right? So when we understand that Jesus himself is peace, he says, I am the way, I am the life, I am the truth, only through me do you find God. Only through me, in other words, will you find peace with God. Peace I leave with you, he says. And so we start here. Like Jesus is peace. And the only way that you and I can experience this peace is when we know Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, you will not have peace. You won't have peace in any area of your life. In fact, Your heart should be troubled today if you have not given your life to Jesus. You should be experiencing anxiety. You will be filled with fear and you will struggle with depression. Your heart will be troubled because God is not with you. You won't find this peace unless you submit your life to the Prince of Peace. That's where we start. Without him, there is no peace. But with him, there is a peace that transcends all understanding. Now, so often we, we define peace as kind of this serenity or this calmness, this kind of blissful feeling of contentment, but let's just be honest, you can experience that by taking a pill, drinking alcohol, or having a good Sunday afternoon nap. That is not the peace that Jesus is talking to us about. Godly peace cannot be produced on a human level. It can't be conjured up. Uh, It has to be given to us by God himself. It is not produced by me. It is given to me from Jesus, through Jesus, and in Jesus. And so Jesus says, I give you peace because I give you myself. The second belief that we need to understand today is that when you believe in your future with Jesus, you can then begin to have the peace of Jesus. Here's what he says. He says, I'm going to a place and I'm going to prepare that place for you. And I I would have told you, you know, if it was something different, but I am leaving to go prepare this future and I'm gonna take you to be with me one day. And so Jesus says, I want you to have the peace and the understanding that your future is actually secure. You don't, and Jesus, you don't have to worry about your future. If you've lost a loved one, if you've experienced grief, we we believe and know that their future in Christ is secure. And as we deal with trouble, as we deal with seasons of pain, we, we might begin to lose hope, but then we are drawn back to the word of God here, that he is coming back for us, or if we die in this life, we will spend an eternity with him. So our eternal perspective must grow. A bigger picture mentality of our faith must grow. This is not all there is to our life. This is in fact a vapor, it is a short season of life. We live here, then we will die, and we will spend an eternity. Like we can't even fathom how long this time is forever with God. And so our minds and our hearts can have peace 
that our future is secure in Christ. Thirdly, we begin to have peace when you believe Jesus is with you in your pain. Some of you are going through a season and you're like me, you're questioning, is God really with me? It doesn't feel like he's with me. And so the truth is that when we begin to understand that he is in fact with every single one of us here today, no matter what we are going through, it brings a level of peace and comfort. Jesus says here in John 14 that the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the advocate, I am sending him to you. He goes to heaven, he sends the Holy Spirit. In fact, Jesus says elsewhere, I'm gonna go and it's better that I go. And the disciples are like, no, don't go. He goes, no, 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 trust me, it's better that I go because when I go, I'm gonna send you the Spirit. He's the advocate, he's the helper, he's the comforter. You're gonna love it. And no matter what you go through, he's going to be with you. Sure, we may feel alone. The enemy's gonna tell you that nobody cares. The enemy's gonna say that you are alone. But we go to the truth. We believe and trust the truth that Jesus is with us. He says in verse 26 that this comforter, this Holy Spirit is here to teach us. And the Holy Spirit is here to remind us, bring to remembrance, right? So we have to be taught things and then we have to be reminded things. And so as we go through these seasons of sorrow or suffering or anxiety, God is teaching you something. The Spirit is teaching you something. My wife got the new iPhone, and uh, she's not the most technologically sound individual in the room. Um, and so she's often asking me, I don't know how to do this. Can you fix this? And you know, not like that, but <laughs> sounds like that in my head. Just kidding. She's lovely. And so I'll take the phone and I'm like, yeah, you gotta go to settings and you gotta click this button and then swipe and then uncheck and she's like, no, 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 no. You can't just do it for me. You can't just do it for me. I gotta know how to do it. You gotta show me how to do it. God can't just say, trust him. He's gotta show you how to trust him. You, your back has to be up against the wall. Your financial security maybe has to be subtracted. Your, your world might have to be turned upside down. Why? He's gotta show you. He's gotta show you what it, what it looks like. You gotta go through it until you get to the point to where you can say, God, you are all I need. You're all I need. You're all I want. That's the place he's trying to take you to. And, and, and if you get to that place, you'll finally realize that's the place you've always wanted to be. It's the place of peace. But he's gotta show you. The Spirit's gotta teach us and, 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 and we've gotta go through it. And then the Spirit reminds us, right? The Spirit reminds us. How many of you guys need to be reminded uh, often to do the right thing and to live the right way? I need to be reminded, my wife, it reminds me every week uh, to take out the, the, the trash and roll it out to the road, you know. I hate it when she reminds me uh, because when she reminds me, I feel like she's not trusting me. Don't you trust me? I, can, I know that I'm gonna do it. And, 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 and so we talk about it. And I'm like, why do you do that? And she's like, well, I, I, you forget it, A, quite often. So I gotta remind you. I'm like, all right. And, and secondly, she's like, I don't want you to have to deal with the old trash for another week. 
So you gotta be reminded. You know what we do in our life? We just keep dealing with the same old trash in our life. We, we, we keep dealing with the same old garbage and we won't take it to the curb. We won't get rid of it. Jesus has to remind us, I died on the cross so that you would be forgiven for that. You don't have to drag that trash back out. You don't have to let it sit out there and stink all week. You gotta let it go. You gotta receive his forgiveness. You gotta let that person go that hurt you. You don't have to let that bitterness seep into your heart. You gotta let that trash go. You gotta be reminded, I have to be reminded. Some of you are here today because the Holy Spirit of God needed to remind you that he is with you. Stop, stop believing the lies that you're alone. He is with you today. The Holy Spirit of God is not only with you, he is living inside of you. You not only have access to peace, he is peace. But you're not focused and you're not applying it and you're not listening to it. You gotta take it to the curb, you gotta let it go. Jesus says in verse 27, I don't give like the world gives. So peace I give to you, right? But I'm not gonna give you the peace that the world offers to you, why? Well, the, the peace that the world offers to you and I comes in the form of health insurance, comes in the form of a 401k, comes in the form of police officers and firefighters. These are all great things. I, I'm glad that we have those things, but those are things that can be taken away from us. Those are things that, that, that um, can be taken away and, and, and that, that aren't there. And, and, and what he is saying is, I'm not giving you that kind of peace. It's not the kind of peace that can be taken away. It's the kind of peace that is there when the police are not around, when the firefighters are not around, the world's peace depends on circumstances. So put locks on your doors, have the right to bear arms, have an alarm system. That is a false sense of security. That is a, 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 a peace that is created for us. But Jesus is saying, I'm giving you the kind of peace that when the army is charging down the road towards your life, you're okay. I'm giving you the kind of peace of mind that when the enemy is coming, when the bank account is empty, when the doctor says there's no cure, your heart is settled. Your heart is resting and confident in a fixed hope in Jesus. That is the place of peace. It is not circumstantial. So no matter what you go through, we're not riding this wave up and down. We're able to be steady in the midst of chaos, in the midst when everybody else has lost their cool, you're cool. Sure, it's difficult, but there is a assuredness and confidence in our hope in Jesus. In this world, he says, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. This peace does not depend on your circumstances. It is peace in tribulation. It is peace when there's no health insurance. It is peace in death. It is peace in sickness. It is peace in loss. He says, I am giving you this peace. It is not something you can earn. It is not something that you can conjure up. I give it to you, he says. It is the hope of the gospel. I give it to you. Will you receive it? Will you receive this peace? The fourth thing he says, and now we kind of begin to shift. We're talking about believing the right things. The fourth thing is this. 
You get peace when you begin to believe in the power of prayer, when you believe in the power of prayer, okay? So it's not just enough to believe in the power of prayer. We're switching gears here now to talk about how to do the right things now. Believe the right things, do the right things now. Let's do the right things so that we can live the right way. And so he's saying, I'm saying believe in the power of prayer. And here's what he tells us to do. It's actually in Philippians chapter four. I'm just gonna read it from the screen here. This is the NIV version. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. In other words, in the midst of uh, prison for him and sickness for him, he's telling the Philippian church to experience joy in Christ. Now, I'm not finding joy in the fact that a loved one is sick or that I'm going through chaos, but there is a joy that is deeper than anything that I face and anything that I have to go through, and that is the joy that I have in my salvation in Christ and the hope that I know that everything's gonna be okay no matter what happens. He's got my back, so I rejoice in that. He says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is what? Say it out loud. Near. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Right, do we see it? Don't be anxious about anything, instead pray about everything. Have petitions, be thankful, and present these requests to God. Then what happens? And then, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. In other words, the world doesn't get it. The world doesn't understand it. You don't understand it. You don't know how you got it. <laughs> it transcends all logic, transcends all understanding. And then he says it will guard your heart. So there's this idea that our heart will be guarded from lies, be guarded from things that are untrue, it'll be guarded from negative, painful, uh, destructive thoughts, our heart will be guarded, and our minds will be guarded as, as well. Not in my strength, not in the power of positive thinking techniques, 101. No, in Jesus. I, I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not giving you any self-help tips here today. This is gospel. Instead of worry, instead of anxiety, he says pray. You're the opposite of peace is anxiety. So some of you are experiencing anxiety today and it's because you're, you're not at peace, right? That's the, that's the opposite of peace here. And so he, he tells us very simply, don't be anxious about anything. The opposite of peace is anxiety. If we're feeling this anxiety, this, this debilitating power where we're, we're constantly thinking about or, or um, focused on that fear because anxiety is based on fear. If you're experiencing that worry, you're fearful that you know, something isn't gonna happen the way that you think it should happen. You're fearful that you um, are gonna lose someone. You're fearful that you're gonna be separated from something. You're fearful of simply the unknown. And so all that fear begins to grow and it leads to worry and anxiety, a debilitating worry. But how do you overcome this? Because he says, don't worry or don't be anxious about anything. Oh, okay. I won't worry about anything right now. Do not worry about the disease. Do not worry about the disease. I'm not gonna worry about the disease. I'm not gonna, what am I doing? 
I'm worried about the disease. If I tell you not to think about purple elephants today, just don't think about a purple elephant, don't think about it in your mind in the long purple trunk, don't think about, what are you thinking about? If you're focused on the thing you don't wanna think about, you're going to think about it. And so for us, it's not easy to remove something from our mind, telling ourselves to stop worrying about the problem only puts the problem in the forefront of your mind. So it's not just about, you know, stop thinking about something. It's in fact something positive. It's something that you are putting into your mind. It is something that you are putting into your life. Instead of being anxious, we pray. Instead of being anxious, we present our request to God. You actually have to feed your heart. You have to feed your mind the right things here. So he talks about three different disciplines. And so, listen, if you're coming to church to get a quick fix on something, there is no quick fix. There are no quick fixes. Uh, that's the great divide between those who are really at peace with Jesus today and those who are far from it. It is not a quick fix. It can take years to move through this and to grow through this. But if you're willing to take that journey, you'll go deeper than you ever thought you could go. Here's how we get there. It's thankful in prayer. It's not just pray about it. It's not just tell God what you want or tell God what you need. It's the attitude of being thankful in prayer in every situation. I am thankful. Instead of worrying, I pray and I am thankful in this moment. This is a huge part of how I found peace in, in the last year is that I would write down those things that I am thankful for and I would, I would allow my mind to focus on the things that I know that God is doing right and, and, and that I, I, he's always doing things right, but, but I'm recognizing uh, his work and I'm thankful for those things that he's doing because if we do not, we'll just stay focused on the one thing or the two things or the big things that don't seem to be going right. And if that's your mentality, you, you will always be able to find the things that aren't perfect because we live in a broken world. And so he says, be thankful with thanksgiving in your heart. Present your request to God. God, I thank you for my salvation. God, I thank you for loving my family and loving my mother and loving my sister. Despite what they are going through, you are going to do what is right. So I love you. And I'm thankful for this and I'm thankful for that. And we list that out. And, and by saying that and by sharing that in prayer, he infuses peace into our heart. Spiritually, he fills our hearts. We don't just thank him when he says yes to our request. We thank him when he says not yet. And we thank him when he says no. Because we get to a place to where we trust that no matter what he says, or no matter how he answers me, it's the right thing. It's the right thing because you're God and you always do what is right. Now, without prayer, you're suggesting that, that God's not in control. You're suggesting without prayer in your life that he doesn't care and he can't help. But by praying, you're demonstrating a trust in God. You're demonstrating a belief in God that he blesses and honors if you don't trust him, there will be anxiety, no doubt about it. I love what Timothy Keller says on the topic. He says, God is going to answer my prayer the way in which I would want him to answer me if I knew everything that he knows. And if I can't believe that, I will never have peace. Think about that for a moment. God is going to answer us, and, and listen, 
I would answer my own prayer in the same way if I knew everything that God knows. And if we don't believe that, then we're not gonna have peace. So that's a level of trust. And that's a level of peace that only God can give to us and trust that he is going to do the right thing in our life. And so it's thankful prayer, it's conversations with God in every situation, whether things are good for you now or things are not so good for you, it's talking to God. Secondly, it is thinking deeply about God. Thinking deeply about God. He says, think about these things, right? In, in, in verses 26 and 27, he says, think about all these things. What are these things that he, he calls us to think about? He says, think about things that are pure. Think about things that are true. Think about things that are righteous. Think about things that are pure. Think about things that are gracious and praiseworthy. These are the things that we must think about in verses eight and nine, sorry. So, so this is what he is calling us to think about. And so it is to think about the nature of God, the, the depth and the glory and the power of this sovereign, amazing God. You see, the world can only offer you and I distractions from our anxiety, right? Go to Barnes and Noble, look at all the books on self-help through worry, and you're gonna see a lot of techniques on how to think positively. You're gonna read a lot of self-help um, ways to manage your time better and so that you can you know, manage work and family and, or, or maybe manage uh, just your, uh, uh, you know, your energy level, so get rest here and do this and all of these self, uh, self-help uh, thinking techniques. But the place of peace requires deep thinking, not quick fixes. It requires deep thinking about the deep questions of life. If you're not wrestling with the deep questions of life, like why am I here? Like what is the purpose of life? If you're not wrestling with why do bad things happen to good people? If you're not asking why suffering exists and what happens when we die, then you will never experience peace because those are questions that God has written on every single one of our hearts. You go to the agnostic, you go to the atheist, and they don't wanna think deeply about these meaningful, deep questions. In fact, Charles Darwin says this. Um, I put it up on the screen here. You guys know who he is, right? So he says this in his autobiography. A man who has no assured and ever-present belief in the existence of a personal God or a future existence with retribution and reward can have for his rule of life, as far as I can see, only to follow those impulses and instincts which are the strongest or which seem to him the best ones. Think about it for a second. If you don't have any assurance or you don't have a belief in the existence of a personal God, that's where he's at, okay? You don't then believe that there is a future existence. There's not a heaven. There's not a hell. You're not gonna have to be held accountable for your sins, so there's no retribution. And matter of fact, there's no reward, so there's no real reason to live correctly or rightly. So you can have your rule of life, as far as he can tell, whatever impulses and whatever instincts you feel are the best ones. You see how an agnostic and an atheist, they don't wanna think deeply about those tough, difficult questions? Because there is no afterlife, there is no God, so just live however you wanna live. You're not gonna be held accountable. You're not gonna be blessed for anything. So just do whatever you feel is, is, is right. And that's all there really is in life. 
You see, to an agnostic, it's, it's like morbid to think about the afterlife. It's morbid to think about the end of your life. I don't wanna think about that, right? Why? There's nothing there. But for a Christian, for you to experience deep, godly peace that transcends all understanding, you must wrestle with these questions from a biblical standpoint. God has answers. God has answers for you and I. So as a Christian, we think deeply. So how do we think deeply? Well, we read the word of God. We study the doctrines of God's grace. And so we study things like the doctrine of the church and the doctrine of God and the doctrine of Jesus Christ, the doctrine of our atonement and the, and the cross. These are things that we, we think deeply about. And then out of that deep thinking comes a peace that transcends death. It transcends a hopelessness because God offers us purpose and he offers us reasons and he offers us answers to all of these deep questions that we wrestle with. So to be a, um, a, a Christian that experiences this kind of peace, you've got to read, you've got to study, you've got to struggle with these deeper questions. Christianity is not dumb thinking. It is in fact deep, deep thinking. Join us in the school of ministry and let us, let us show you the work and, and show you the books and show you the ways in which you can study and dive deeper into the depths of God's love and grace. It will pull you out of your sorrow every time. Secondly, or finally, thirdly, we've gotta practice your faith. So there's prayer and it's thankful prayer, right? And then we think deeply about God and then we practice our faith. It's all well and good to believe all these things. I believe in the power of prayer, and then we never pray. <laughs> so we have to practice what we have learned. Paul says, whatever you have learned, whatever you have received, whatever you have heard or seen in me, put this into practice. It's great to believe the right things, but we have to begin to put these things into practice. You can struggle with anxiety, but don't use it as a crutch to go get drugs or get people to feel sorry for you. Get in the game and start practicing your faith. Do what you know God has called you to do. And if you've been here, you know what that is. You know you're called to serve him. You know you're called to worship him. You know you're called to give to him. You know you are called to live a life that is focused on making disciples and take this message to the nations. This is what you are called to do. Get involved. Get up out of your sorrow, off the couch, out of your dark room, and get involved in ministry that gets your mind and your focus on other people other than the pain that you might be experiencing today. As I did that, I didn't take a break. Like when I was going through this, people said, take a month off, take time off. I don't wanna take time off. Because all I'll do is I'll get inward focused and selfish. I wanna serve, I wanna preach, I wanna do what I do, because when I get myself focused and busy on helping other people, I don't have as much time to worry about my own problems. Think him, think on him, practice for him. Think, think, practice. These are the disciplines he's calling us to do. See, peace doesn't come without a fight. You gotta work for it, comes without a fight, doesn't come without a fight. But here's the great news, Jesus has already fought the battle. He's already fought that fight. And he offers peace to you today. So finding the place of peace means resting in his battle against sin and it means pursuing his presence because he is the prince of peace. Don't miss this today. 
No matter what you go through, pain, anxiety, Jesus went to the cross for you. He suffered for our sin, that we would have peace with God. And he felt on the cross more pain than any one of us have ever experienced. More pain than any one of us will ever go through. Think about that. He felt this pain and he felt this suffering for our sin. He was the son of God, the image of the invisible God, leaving heaven, humbling himself to live on earth, to feel pain, to feel sorrow, experience temptation, and then allow himself to be beaten, to be whipped, and to be hung on a cross to die. And in his death, he felt the weight of all of humanity's sin placed upon his shoulders, and in his misery, He cries out to his father, why have you forsaken me? The son who had eternally existed, the father in heaven who has eternally existed, co-equal, one, and he says, you've forsaken me? It's not that God had left him. It's that his father is now present as judge over all of humanity's sin that is now placed upon the Son. And he took that for you. You have no idea the amount of pain and suffering he went through. So no matter what I go through, it wasn't that bad. (laughs) It wasn't as bad as what he took for me. No matter what you go through, it wasn't as bad as what he took on the cross for you. And so if I want peace, if I want to experience his peace that transcends all understanding, We don't let our hearts get troubled because we take heart, we have joy, and we have courage in the reality that Jesus has overcome the world. The cross isn't the end of the story. The empty tomb is the end of the story that gives us hope today. He's preparing a place for us now. He is the way, he is the truth, he is the life, and he's giving us his peace that transcends all understanding as we pray, as we think about him, and as we practice our faith. I had to realize this. I had to get my focus off of my pain and I had to get my mind on Jesus. Some of you have to do the same thing today. You gotta get your mind on Jesus. He stepped into my chaos. He'll step into your chaos and he will speak to you in this storm. We must release this control. I had to release it. I had to give him this situation. I had to tell him and I had to realize and I had to experience for myself that there is nothing else that I need. There is nothing else that I need. He is all that I need. And when I realize that, I need nothing more. I can face anything that comes my way. Because at the end of the day, ultimately, Jesus is the place of peace. Wherever he is, that's it. That's all I need, that's all I want. He is peace. Wherever he is, I wanna be. It's not a place where there's no trouble. It's not a place where everybody gets healed. It's not a place where all your troubles go away. No, the place of peace is when you settle in the presence of Jesus. It's when you're getting away from distractions, you're in the word of God, you're hearing Jesus speak to you. It's when you are slowing down your mind to sing praise to him, to pray to him, to hear from him. And in that silence, in those moments, the peace of God fills your heart. It's not gonna come while you're staring at your phone. It's not gonna come when you're sitting at home worried about everything. 
It's gonna come when you experience him and when he unleashes that peace in his presence because he is the Prince of Peace. It's his love that set us free. I don't live in the fear of grief anymore. I did. I'm, I'm not living there anymore. Sure, I get sad from time to time, but the fear is, is gone because I trust that God's plan is higher, his love is greater, and he endured more for me and for you so I can endure more for him. And so I close with homework today because this is a journey. And if you truly wanna take some steps towards this piece that, that he talks about today, it's gonna require you to think about this. So homework number one, make a list of everything that you're worried about. Get your pen out, get your journal out this week, and just write down everything that you're worried about. Just put it all down on paper. However many pieces of paper that requires, you just write it all down, right? Then after that, start to make a list of everything you're thankful for. Give yourself some perspective. Hopefully that takes longer for you to thank God, thank Him. What are those things? Write it all down. Look at both of these lists, and then Read John 14 again, what we just read today. Read the whole chapter. Write down every reason why you don't have to worry. Write down every single reason. Come up with as many reasons as you see in that text. And then stare at that worry list. Stare at that that thankful list. And then you ask God to give you the peace that transcends all understanding. And by doing this, God, it's a gift. He just gives it to us. I can't conjure it up. He just says, yeah, this is it experience it. My hope and my prayer in this series is that we'll begin to move out of this fear, out of this worry, maybe depression for you, and step into a place of peace that only Jesus can bring. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the place of peace that you've allowed me to experience. And that's only come in you. That's only come in that relationship. It's only come in a a prayer life that has, yes, gone through challenges, but that you have honored and that you've spoken through. So all over this room, God, I know that there are so many struggles. There's a lot of pain, a lot of hurt, a lot of emptiness in this room. And there are people in the room who are longing for the place of peace, maybe at work, maybe the peace of mind, maybe it's marriage. They feel helpless and alone. Speak to them today, God. Give them the hope of Jesus in their life, that they are not finished, that you are not done, and that this season is a season that will ultimately be for their good if they allow your spirit to work. God, speak to us. Take us to this place. We wanna wanna experience you in this place today. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. More information about Foothills Church can be found online at foothillschurch.com.